Welcome to Frontline Static, a podcast that helps bridge the gap between healthcare workers and first responders and everything in between. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this interview this week with Phil and Steven. They're two flight paramedics and both of them have been my partners before. So this is a candid interview about um, all the things and questions that you might have about being a crew member. We kind of talk about um, the different challenges that flight paramedics and flight nurses face going into this job and some of the challenges of work-life balance with this job and the long hours and um, the things that we see and experience and how we cope with them. And so um, you'll notice there's a lot of takes, there's a lot of giggling, a lot of laughing, and there was a lot of editing that went into this episode. So I hope you guys get to see a little bit more of my personality and interaction um, with some of my partners, and I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with them. All right, right now... I have Phil, flight paramedic, and Steven, flight paramedic, with me today. Hello. Let's start with you guys <laughs> introducing yourself. This is our third take already because I can't keep it together. Uh, yeah, so my name is Phil Detterman. I've been a flight paramedic for about 16 years. Uh, worked on the ground ambulance before that. <clears throat> uh, working on the ground ambulance, I also worked rescue and was a SWAT medic for a couple years before I did flight. And then coming on with flight, uh, I've worked every aircraft from fixed wing to our larger transfer helicopter to our... What up? It's your main man, Steven. Um, <laughs> I've been flying for like almost six years now. I was on the ground for a while before that. Not nearly as impressive as Phil's resume by any means. Okay, we thought that it would be fun to just do rapid fire questions and me just ask them questions just have a conversation. They wanted to bring these ridiculous buttons into the conversation. So when they want to answer a question, you're going to hear this sound from Phil and you're going to hear this sound from Steven. Super different. (laughs) Um, Let's just start out with what made you guys become a paramedic and then what made you want to get into flight? Uh, Sure. I didn't hear a buzzer. (laughs) So uh, I I grew up in Santa Cruz and I had planned to go through the nursing route. Um, I was working as a lifeguard um, before college and a little bit while I was in college. Uh, I got all my prereqs done for nursing, uh, but then there was like a two to three year wait to get on uh, off the lottery list. And it was just super discouraging after waiting a year, uh, I decided to go the paramedic route. Uh, still with the plan of going to nursing school at a later date, um, but I was just really excited uh, with uh, paramedicine and just being out there in the field and kind of working with just one partner and uh, just decided to pursue that instead of, of nursing. And then what made you want to get into flight after doing paramedic for so long? Uh, so yeah, after working on the ground, it was just kind of the, the next progression uh, working as a paramedic. Uh, flight medic is kind of just the, the highest tier that you can work at. You have an expanded scope of practice, uh, really exciting calls, lots of good training, education, and I was just excited with, with all that new stuff with flight. Thank you for buzzing your buzzer. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow the procedure. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, I was in college at the time at City, and I was thinking about doing the prereqs for nursing and stuff as well, and my friend was the EMT. He was kind of telling me about it, and I was like, oh, like I can take this easy class and like get the job and see what the hospital's like and then like when I got into it I was like oh this is pretty fun this is kind of for me I forgot about nursing and then my company was like do you want to go to paramedic school with all your friends like you won't get trapped in this career field forever I was like oh yeah sure definitely then <laughs> I did that for a handful of years and I was just getting really really bored on the ground because like some calls are cool but there wasn't any challenge overall I felt for the most part in our region what we can do and so this is just the next logical step because I did want a little more challenge myself because I get bored easy so yeah do you guys want to be paramedics forever like do you want to do flight paramedic forever or like kind of what's in your future I'm actually on a wait list for a few prereqs next semester to get nursing done so okay. I do want to move on okay but staying flight but just yeah going to flight world. nursing yeah 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 I don't know uh I, I still really enjoy what I do uh, I don't feel limited by being a paramedic, so I, I don't really think I'm going to change my field anytime soon. Yeah. Okay, let's ask the nitty-gritty questions now. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's the most annoying thing that nurses do? <laughs> I didn't even finish it. <laughs> I didn't say who's the most annoying. Oh. I said, what's the most annoying thing that that flight nurses do because obviously we all come in with very different backgrounds and I know for me it was really hard coming in from the hospital and doing pre-hospital never seen pre-hospital before I found that to be very challenging everything with it radios um, just what you do on scene scene safety all of that stuff so what's the most challenging thing that you see as new nurses come into the programs I think when I work with new nurses the most challenging thing would be the ego they have Mm. Or they think there's a dichotomy between us and they don't realize we are a team. Like, I bring oranges to the table, you bring apples together, we make a great fruit salad. Let's find some yogurt. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and, but I've also kind of noticed the ones with the egos don't last either. It's kind of the more, like, even keel, like, open-minded ones that do make it. Like, yeah. Ego's the hardest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a few things. Okay, let's hear a few. Uh, so... Hospital nurses in general, they look down on paramedics. Yeah. Straight up. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. everything we say is questioned. And how often do you hear once they've, like, had that first call? It's like, I had no idea you guys were, like, so... Or that like you could this. do yes. this. Oh. Yeah. You, you guys, guys breathe? Like, yeah. Oh. Right. So there's, like, the education of, like, what paramedics can do. Uh, and, like, them accepting that they're not in charge of every patient. That's mm -hmm. equal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that it's equal, that it's, you know, it's just a, a team dynamic, um, relying on your partner and trusting your partner to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Uh, and then documentation's another huge challenge. Very um, different rules in how we document. Right. Mm -hmm. Coming from the ground, we used a very simple program to document our patient calls, and they only took about 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, but coming to this new system with flight is way more detailed and it gives you exponential room to put in as much narrative as you want. So some new nurses will come in and just chart for hours and hours and hours when it doesn't necessarily need to be that complex. Yeah. And what I'm seeing too is a lot of my clients that are wanting to get into flight and then are getting hired on, they're having a lot of 
you know, hard times with the things that we just talked about. So Mm -hmm. what is it that they can do to kind of help their situation? Like what are the qualities that you want to see in a new flight nurse coming in that's going to help them be successful in the programs? Eagerness, accountability, some gumption, which I guess plays into eagerness and just like a willingness to understand like it's new to you Mm -hmm. and you're going to grow, but so is your partner at the same time. Yeah. It's a new dynamic for you and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of new nurses will rely on veteran nurses to answer questions rather than going to their partner mm-hmm. um, because there's just that, that familiarity working with a, a nurse in a field of nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you have to understand that flight is a, an EMS program. It's not a hospital program. Um, so the mentality should be more EMS based. You know, you're working 24s and you should be able to be prepared to work a full 24. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not on our feet for the full 24, but you're, you're, you're mentally there. You have to be alert and ready to run a call anytime. Yeah, I think that was really one of the mm-hmm. hardest parts for me too because I worked 12-hour shifts before, mm-hmm. days, both days and nights, but I had never done a 24. And that's something that you guys are just used to. You've done yeah. it before. You right. know what it feels like. You know what it's like to get ran. It's just um, a different feeling and, art and harder for nurses to you know come into and sit with that. Um, as far as the paramedic side, what would you guys say is the most challenging part coming into flight? Uh, for me, it was the charting. Mm. Because everyone's very different what they want with the chart and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, as we know with me, like, paperwork's my shortcoming. <laughs> just that stuff. Okay. It's very different. And then getting used to that initial curve of like, oh, the transfers, these patients are like way more effed up yeah. than I ever thought they would be or anything like that. And yeah. Just that. Okay. Um, for me, it was, you know, like all this extra knowledge that you don't learn in paramedic school, or if you do learn it, you're not required to remember it. A lot of lab values that I had to review a lot before starting flight. Um, a lot of anatomy, physiology review, um, beforehand. Um, and then just being comfortable with all your procedures, you know, working ground, there were things in your scope of practice like needle decompression, but it was always rare. Yeah, it wasn't something mm-hmm. you did very often. You or trauma codes, zinking stuff like that. Like those. yeah, you know, there's a lot of skills that you're taught at one point in your career, but since you don't practice it very often as a paramedic, it kind of goes to the wayside. And then coming to flight, not only are you expected to know how to do it, but you will be using those skills a lot. I think that's the biggest question I get asked from my clients who are paramedics that are wanting to get into flight is how do they prepare ahead of time to kind of um, access some of this critical care knowledge that you don't get on the ground. Yeah, those back to basic books. Hmm. That lady is really, really good. I also feel like a really big challenge is just working with a partner for for nurses anyway. For paramedics, it's not because you guys are used to that. I don't know about that. But it's challenging for nurses because we're used to having a bunch of resources and a bunch of people, right? right. So when we get to just working with one partner and then, of course, your pilot, it, it um, is a different situation for us. So what would you say um, to nurses who, like, what makes a good team? Like, what makes a good partnership? Hmm. Oh, uh, or you want to mention what doesn't first? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean, so being open, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Uh, Dwight says there's seven. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, dear. So being open to other people's suggestions, um, there's, 
there's more than one right way to do something. So even though, you know, you may have a strong opinion about what, what the patient needs, um, know why you feel that way. And if you get challenged, then you can give a, an objective reason why, um, but also be open to your partner's, uh, uh, you know, suggestions and mm -hmm. interpretation of the call. Mm -hmm. yeah, we're always going to have like different ideology when we're approaching the stuff. So I think it comes down to just communication and how willing are you to communicate and remembering communication goes two ways. Mm -hmm. It's not that you want to communicate is we need to communicate about the betterment of somebody else. Yeah. So I think that is like the biggest thing with a partner for me. Yeah. It's communication. And so important, like as things are constantly dynamic for us and ever changing, like we have to kind of just roll with the situations and how it's going and be willing to kind of have each other's back, whatever's happening. Yeah, if you're able to go to a base and just kind of see the dynamic, mm -hmm. um, and even a couple of days to see how different crews interact, um, and you know, learn how they, they communicate with each other, because I'm sure they came in with that same sort of stigma and unknown about working with a partner. Yeah. Just ask those on-duty crews how, how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. I get asked a lot too, just, how do you deal with everything that you see or just balancing like being at work and seeing bad things happen or bad accidents or people in critical situations and then go home and switch it off and be a mom or a parent or all of that. So for you guys, how do you kind of balance that part of your life and what we see and what we do on the job and then kind of going home and being dad? I probably don't do it in the healthiest way. It's like I laugh a lot at work and then as we like when I go home, like, you know, I like to have a couple drinks. I like yeah. to date, stuff like that. So yeah. I just use escapism in legal forms yeah. to cope with it. And then being with my son and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, able to, to talk to your partner about the call and debrief with your, your partner and pilot afterwards is, is very important. Um, having a good person to communicate with if, if a call does bug you. You know, there's always going to be those calls that stick with you for a long time and just being able to have a person to, to talk to and de-stress with. You know, drugs and alcohol are not the healthiest way of coping with, with stress, but I know everybody drinks, just about everybody drinks. Um, you know, I've, I've been talking to my son about calls that aren't too bad, um, just about safety. You know, we get drownings every summer and talking about water safety and life jackets and what you do if you see X, Y, and Z and how you can help and how you shouldn't help. Um, but just, you know, not, not hiding that kind of stuff from your family, I think is important too. Yeah. I think mental health in our field, especially with the paramedicine gets overlooked. Like we should be able to talk about it. We shouldn't be tough and going home and like not crying or anything like yeah. that. Like we should all be better about what's on our chest and talking about it to each other. It's so true because I think that a lot of people, really yeah, a lot of first responders, are, even a lot of people in healthcare, especially in the recent years of, you know, I personally had this chip on my shoulder for a long time of everybody was home for two years. Everybody was mm. home complaining about being with their families, you know, but that we were in the trenches and still working. And so, you know, I think that it's so common for everybody to buffer with alcohol and um, not talking about mental health and all of that. So um, I do think it is something that we don't address and people are kind of afraid to talk 
about. Yeah, it's like that stigma to it too, especially yeah. with the guys here. Like, mm-hmm. how many times have you seen one of your male partners cry or anything like that? Not to get weird about it, but yeah. like they have the old school, like, oh, we can't cry, we can't be sad or upset. Like, it's a call. Like, yeah. no, go tap out, go have a cigarette, go talk to somebody. Like, yeah. get it off. Don't take it home with you. And so important to have like that one person at work that you feel comfortable, like just telling whatever that you trust that you can talk through those calls because I think like for me personally kids are really tough like kids deaths are really tough yeah especially when you can find that one thing that that reminds you of your kid yeah that's yeah. when it it's becomes usually the really age tough. yeah it's the same age as my boy it's when I'll yeah totally yeah I mean you're right kids are they're hard for lots of reasons you know a lot of people see their child's face in the patient's face um hard because they, they it probably wasn't their fault anyways you know yeah. they're innocent they were a passenger in the car and their guardian wasn't doing the right thing wasn't paying attention to the road didn't have in the car seat correctly playing by the riverside yeah, yeah. you know and it's, it's hard because you come in as a an objective observer and just see all these tragic events and you know you you're looking for reasons why it happened and yeah a lot of times there just isn't a good reason there's not a a good reason why that kid got hurt and that's what you that's struggle what, with yeah that's what bugs me the most yeah and i don't know about you guys but i get asked a lot by people um you must see like a lot of motorcycle accidents you must see a lot of like quad accidents and our family really enjoys doing that kind of stuff so they're like how do you let your kid you know be on a boat or how do you mm-hmm. let your kid ride dirt bikes with everything that you've seen and it's just always like, like you said, like I like to go home and sometimes if it is something, I like to use it as an education moment. Like always right. wear your helmet. I don't care if you're just like putting around on your dirt bike. Like, I don't know if you guys get asked that a lot or how you feel about that. Yeah, I do get asked that quite a bit. Like, oh, you still love to do this and that with his yeah. family? I'm like, yeah, I still got to live and everything. But yeah. we just talk about safety because of this job when I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree, right? You don't want to prevent somebody from living their best life just because there's the potential of something bad happening. Bad things Mm -hmm. happen every day and we just do what we can to mitigate those, those tragic events. Yep. What is probably the best part of this job for you guys? Like what's the, what's the thing that keeps you coming to it every shift? Money. (laughs) 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 Besides money, uh, what is it? I like the bond we have here, most of us. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some newer faces and they're still coming in the group and stuff like that. But, like, I would say our core here, we have a really close clip. And, like, I do think of you guys like family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, I hope Phil makes it down from that storm. Like, I hope Janessa, whatever Janessa does, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think we, we keep doing this job because of the people we work with. Mm-hmm. You know, if we didn't have a good core group of people, then... I don't, I don't think I would return, mm-hmm. you know, it, no, I don't know. <laughs> it is about the team when you work with such a small group of people and it's just a partner on your pilot. It is about the team dynamic of what's going on with you guys and how you guys treat each other off, both off and on a mi- mission. Yeah. So you get that like call at like 3.30 in the morning that like, let's be honest with you, nobody wants to do because yeah. of the time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, for a second, I'm like, and like, oh, I'm flying with Josh. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that. Like, you know, you didn't have that. Like, how long could you be like, oh, man, for? Yeah. yeah. And how do new hires figure that out? Because I always get asked that. Like, 
as me as a new applica applicant, like if I'm applying for the job, how do I know what the dynamic of the team is like? Put yourself out there and just see how the base dynamics are. Uh, like Steven said, no two bases are the same. So I think sometimes you go into a base with a certain expectation or, or hope and it's not what you thought it would be. So you either have to change your expectations and the way you interact with people or you don't last very long at that base and try a different base. Yeah. Last question for you guys. I always tell my clients to, everyone comes in with the same qualifications when they're applying. And it's not really about you know, what you're qualified and what your certs look like, because everybody has those. Mm -hmm. It's about who you are as a person and what you value, and that's really what managers are looking for to be a part of the flight crew. So what values do you think are important coming into this job, or um, what qualities are do you think that make a good fit for a good team member in flight? I think it plays into what I said earlier, like what I look for in a new partner, what I've seen, like you're looking for accountability. Mm -hmm. Are you honest? Are you a trustworthy person? Mm -hmm. Are you eager? Yeah. I think those are the big things to demonstrate and like it's key with honesty too. Like if you don't know the answer to a question, don't answer it. Tell them you don't know it. Yeah. And like I'm unfamiliar with that. I can research it later if you'd like. And yeah. get back to you via email or something. I'm sure that would I don't know, if I was interviewing someone and I heard that, I'd be like, just come over here and work right now. You're mm -hmm. tired. Yeah. I agree. Uh May I stump you with my question? A little bit. Okay. Will you repeat it again? Oh, okay. So most companies are, people think going in as applicants that it's about what they've done or their certs oh, right, right, or right. how they qualify for it. But it's not really that because everybody comes in at the same qualifications. Right. It's what, who you are, like what they're looking for, what you value. Like what do you think are those most important things? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you want to come in with confidence, but not arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to come in, you know, with yeah, everybody, like you said, they kind of come in with a baseline clinical knowledge, but everybody kind of has their niche area in the field that they specialize in a little bit, whether or not you even know it, you know, as a medic, you probably have a more knowledge in trauma and triage, MCI, radios. Um, nurses definitely have a better knowledge of medications. Um, Probably those weird diagnoses that medics can't pronounce. Metropol, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know, but. Um, at, at, yeah. What's the one piece of advice that you guys have got that's got you to this level that you're at right now? Uh, for me, it's, it's like just never do the bare minimum. Um, if you're going to do it, study, do it really well the first time. Uh, if you have any questions, review it afterwards. Uh, but you know, take additional classes, go to training, whether or not you're paid, mm -hmm. um, just to get more experience. Put your face out there. You know, it's a small world in flight. <clears throat> when you apply, there's always one or two people that that know your name or know your face. Uh, so the more people that know you, I think the better chance you have of getting hired and being accepted at the base. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I learned best from like when I made mistakes early on to get criticized uh, in front of people and you, to, to the point where I was super embarrassed about what I did and I wouldn't want to do it again. So I'd study extra hard and double, triple check everything to make sure I never made that mistake again. I know not everybody has that kind of learning style, but I also feel like it's gotten a little soft in the last few years. Yeah. 
um, and that sort of negative reinforcement is sometimes needed. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like, yeah, know you're gonna make mistakes, probably big ones from time to time. It's a, not okay, but it happens. Just roll with the punches, be honest, take accountability, and just try to better yourself from that. Don't make the mistakes trends. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on, and I appreciate you guys being clean on the podcast and not being inappropriate. Yeah, have a drink all day. I'm going to count that as a win. Yes. <laughs> if this interview inspired you to get into flight, get with me. We can talk about some of the challenges and obstacles that you're facing and get you confidently ready to prep for the interviews and receive an offer and get you to where you want to be. This year, more than ever, this upcoming year, more than ever, I'm going to take as many people who want to get into it as possible and help them reach that goal. And so I look forward to chatting with those of you guys who are interested, and I will talk with all of you guys next week. Bye.